You're listening to the Simple Pen Podcast, Pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. Hey everyone, today we're going to be talking about seasonality on Pinterest and what that means and how you fold in the seasons into Pinterest, into analytics all of the goodness that you need to know about paying attention to seasonality on Pinterest. And to talk about that today, I have a former guest actually of two podcasts, Jillian Tober Leslie, and she is the founder of Catch My Party and my favorite app, the Milo Tree app that encourages people to follow you on Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, social platforms, as well as getting people onto your email list with certain email providers. So if you haven't checked that out, you can go to the Simple Pin Podcast, and I have a previous episode that is about how to get more followers on Pinterest, so you'll want to check that out as well, um, and I'll link to that in the show notes. But before we go down that road, let's let's back up and say hello to Jillian. Thanks so much for being here, and um, I'm glad that you are willing to talk about this with me because I think it's an important topic. Oh, well, thank you for having me back. It's really fun to be here. And I, I have to say that I think that seasonality can be your secret sauce on Pinterest because it will show you what's next, what's coming next, and how to get yourself in front of people in terms of what they will be searching for. Yes, I love that. Okay, so let's back up a little bit. And for those who are new to Pinterest marketing and they're like, what in the world is seasonality on Pinterest? How would you describe that? to them and how they can use it as a part of their marketing strategy. So seasonality is, is just what it says. So it was just Valentine's day and it's about tapping into what people are experiencing in their own lives. And then you serving up content that is right there exactly where they are. So a Valentine's day just ended. And I think we're moving our boards down our Valentine's Day boards, we had pushed up to the top of our page, and now we're moving them down. And what's coming up is uh, Mardi Gras. Uh, is am I right? Yeah, Mardi Gras, yeah, Mardi Gras. Uh, St. Patrick's Day, and Easter. So we're always trying to think in terms of where are people going to be over the next couple weeks, couple months, that kind of thing. Even I'm even starting to think about moving up Mother's Day. Mm, okay. Um, and Father's Day, graduation, those are like the big ones. Do you have a typical timeline that you follow that tells you when you should start promoting your content on Pinterest? Is there a window like four to six weeks? What What is it for you with Catch My Party? Okay, so we are parties. And so that helps tap us into the seasonality because people throw Valentine's Day parties or they throw you know, graduation parties. So we're very aware of what's coming up. I would say though, it's usually when the last big holiday ends, like right now, Valentine's day is over. So we will start heavily promoting stuff like Easter okay. now, but we've started pinning Easter pins maybe two or three weeks ago. Okay. So we take like maybe about an eight week. We try to start thinking about it eight weeks beforehand. 
And I think Christmas is one of those exceptions too. I don't know how you guys feel with that, but I feel like you can start in July and August with Christmas pins, especially for those who are big DIYers. Oh, and here's like the secret thing, because I've tested this on our page and and you can tell me whether you found this as well. I have found that if the pin is good, even if it is right after Christmas, you know, people are like, oh, I'm Christmas out. It can still perform. So if you have a pin, like don't be afraid to post something, like repin something even that's Halloween now. I wouldn't do a lot of it. But what you will find is people aren't really thinking about Halloween. So if you have that one cool Halloween pin, it might get some traction. Okay, so maybe... Like once a month or something, if you had a viral Halloween pin, just throw it in there. Throw it in there. See every what happens. Open. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, again, Halloween brings up good feelings. People see something interesting. They'll like, they want to save it for next Halloween. So again, I would be thinking in terms of seasons right now. I would definitely like, so the biggest one for, is Easter. Okay. And it's springtime and pastel colors and all that. And, and, and it's like happy feelings. Like who isn't ready for spring? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's something very, <laughs> exactly. There's something very um, fun to be thinking about spring. So you okay. want to bring those good feelings to people now. And then I would, I would pepper in some of the smaller stuff like, um, like Mardi Gras uh, and St. Patrick's Day, those kinds of things. But really it's about thinking spring. And I just have to say, too, for those of you who are trying to figure out when to promote what, the um, Pinterest planner that I have on the site, and you can go to simplepinmedia.com slash Pinterest dash planner, that has a calendar in it. So you can see what holidays happen throughout the year and when you should start promoting it. So we give you the heads up there kind of with this timeline of the four to six weeks so that you're not caught off guard. So that's a little side note there. Exactly. Um, One of the things I know that I get a lot of questions about is, let's say you're a content creator, but you don't have any content that has to do with the season. So how, how do you try to try to get that in there in a strategic way so that it's not weird or out of place, whether it be a pin or boards is are there a way for a profile that doesn't really fall into seasons to actually make it work? Yeah, absolutely. What I recommend is you think about your customer or you think about your visitor and what that person is going through. So I was, I was just talking to you before we started recording that like once you have kids, for example, you just get plugged into the seasons Mm-hmm. because your kid is going through, you know, it's Christmas break or winter break or it's, you know, summer or whatever those things are. And so what you want to do is put yourself in the mindset of whomever will use your product and to think about his or her life and what they're going through. So if, for example, let's say spring is coming and you can think about spring cleaning. Mm-hmm. So maybe you are somebody who blogs about, uh, cleaning, um, that, that gives you a great way in. But also, let's say you sell a service and let's say you uh, do web design. There's a way to think about your potential customer doing spring cleaning when it comes to his or her website. Mm, yes. Like updating I, that. So, exactly. so it's like it's understanding your customers have full lives mm-hmm. and they're going through the seasons just like you are. 
So how can you tap into where they already are with your product? Okay, so they don't necessarily need to have boards on their Pinterest profile that are like, I wouldn't necessarily have to have Easter or spring or whatever, but I can create some of my content to be something like I have my how to clean up Pinterest boards. Maybe in the spring, I change up the pin description to be spring cleaning your Pinterest boards or something like that. Absolutely. And I wouldn't, I might make a board that says spring cleaning uh, social media. Oh, okay. You know, social media accounts because it might catch somebody's eye. Now, is somebody going to come to Pinterest and search for spring cleaning social media? Maybe not. Mm -hmm. But if somebody is looking at your Pinterest page and they see that and they're in that mindset of spring cleaning, as you know, I hadn't thought about spring cleaning my social media accounts. It's like, oh, that might be something interesting. Remember on Pinterest, it's all about getting somebody's attention. Right. True. And I'm also thinking too, this would be a huge one for the fashion industry because if you are in any type of fashion, the, one of the hugest key terms is like spring fashion, fall fashion, winter fashion, and really digging deep into that element or that niche. And, and eliciting a feeling like when you think about spring, like spring fashion, and it's about lighter colors and lighter fabrics, it's about eliciting an emotion. And so it's tapping again, you know, I, I sound like a broken record, but it's about <laughs> tapping into that emotion with mm-hmm. your pins, with the way you're curating your boards so that your fall board, your fall fashion board is going to feel really different than your summer, you know, summer fashion board. Mm-hmm. Okay. So think about where, like how you're like, I'm ready to start doing some spring shopping, you know? Mm-hmm. If you see me so, right now, like I'm all bundled up and I'm, oh, I'm ready to take I it all know. off. <laughs> me too. My heater's on, which I'm, I just clicked on and I'm, I'm like, oh, I hope they can't hear that. But I know I'm looking outside and it's just dreary and dark. And I'm like, I need some color. I need, you know, that's why I think those Easter or spring fashion or anything with um, even... Spring cleaning your house feels very refreshing yes. because of what's happening outside. Totally. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one of the things that I would love to know is how do you utilize the previous year's content? Mm-hmm. And do you have a system for say, okay, you've moved all your Easter boards up yeah. and you're getting ready to pin it again. Yeah. You have a, like a spreadsheet or a plan that you go back to and say, this is all our Easter party stuff. Here's what we're going to do. We're going what to, what do you do with that? Do you do a once over? Do you just leave it and start pinning it? What's okay. the plan? So what I do is when I move my boards up, I tend to open them and take a look. And I see where, the, you know, what things are, are doing well, what things did well last year. And I start to just, so I don't use spreadsheets, really. Okay. I, I just look and I, and I do it for not just this pin did well last year, but, oh, I should make more content like this one. Because for whatever reason, this hit. You know, like, oh, we did a post with peeps and somehow it just went through the roof. Ooh, what else could I do with peeps this year? So I will definitely repin that pin. I'll, I'll update the description. You know, I will definitely pin it into different boards that I hadn't thought about. I'll repin it into the same board. Mm-hmm. But then I also want to use that as fodder to figure out where I need to be creating. And I think that's probably a good strategy for people if they are, you know, sitting down at the end of December 
and they're looking at their editorial calendar, even for the next six months to, and especially somebody who's not super organized or, you know, I think there's that when you mention a spreadsheet, people are like, oh gosh, like I'm out of here, especially a type B person. So I like your suggestion of just opening up the board and seeing what's there, because that could be just a simple way to get your editorial calendar for the next six months. And the other thing too, is I'm looking at other pins. So we pin our own pins, but we pin a ton from other people. So I want to see what pins that we've pinned are resonating that aren't ours so that I can, again, use that to come up with ideas for stuff we can create. Yes, that is a great tip because, um, yeah, I love that tip. And I think a lot of people, it's very underutilized when you are having trouble coming up with ideas, just go to Pinterest. And (laughs) one of the great things that I do actually is I take a secret board And I pin things to it that I'm inspired by, whether I was going through my home feed and the color of a font grabbed my eye or a topic or even an image and I'll pin it to that secret board and I'll use the the description to make notes so that when I do go back and I'm looking for content or I'm trying to think of ideas. Well, in fact, I did do that in December when I was trying to figure out the plan for the podcast. I went through all of that and got tons of ideas. And it wasn't, I didn't necessarily copy what they were doing, but those ideas jogged new ideas for me that had a different spin on what they were talking about. Absolutely. And also you do have right there analytics, meaning you can see what other, like how, how, let's say, you know, you have an idea. Well, if you can find a pin and you can see how, how is like the world responding to this concept, to this idea. Like, you know, the one thing that the longer um, I am on this entrepreneurial journey, um, the more humbling I find it to be, which is I have a hypothesis. Oh, I think this will do well. And I don't know, though, if it will do well or not. So the more data I can get on whether something has done well or will do well, the better. Um, So that's why I am always looking for what has already done well, whether it be our stuff or other people's stuff. And then exactly like you were saying, trying to find a new spin on it if it's not ours. Mm -hmm. I love that. Inspired by that, but also recognizing for some reason this is resonating. Yeah. And I don't know why. Let's say, I mean, hopefully I have a a sense of why something might resonate, but Sometimes, you know, I'm sure, you know, you've done these experiments where you're positive this pin is going to go through the roof. And then there's some other pin that you like, you didn't think anything about. And that's Mm -hmm. the one that is hit. Mm -hmm. And it's always the one that you took with your iPhone. And it was this crappy photo. And for some reason, it will just not fall off your analytics for anything. So like I look at our, our Pinterest analytics a lot. Yesterday, I was looking at it and I like to see. So we pin a lot. Okay, so we get a lot of party photos people add to our site. We pin the ones that we think are the most beautiful, that will be the most inspiring. We also then, I always look at, well, what are people pinning from our site? And it's so fascinating because right now, like I noticed, a lot of people are pinning frozen pins, right, for frozen parties. And I would have thought, well, frozen, it's been a couple of years now. It's no longer the big hit that it was, right? Right. However, what what it's telling me is, no, it's not really over. It's not dead yet. No, and that I need to be, therefore, pinning more frozen stuff. Mm. 
Yeah. And um, for those who are listening, what Jillian's talking about is going to Pinterest.com or yeah, Pinterest.com slash source slash your website name. So for me, it would be Pinterest.com slash the word source slash simplepinmedia.com. And you can easily see if you go to that URL, what people are pinning from your site. So not only will it give you content ideas, but it will also show you where maybe you need to update your alt text description, because people will be pinning um, maybe a square photo instead of a long Pinterest photo. It's just a good place to check probably, I don't know, once a week, some people check it once a month, every so often to see what's being pinned. Yes. Exactly. It totally shows like where you didn't put the all the right alt text. Um, and and, so you and if people are up. putting like your ads in the sidebar or just something crazy that or they're not changing descriptions, whatever it might be. Yes. But it was really interesting to get that insight because I would never have thought it. I would have been like, not that I don't pin frozen stuff if it shows up on our site, but I wouldn't think go toward frozen right now. Well, especially with new Disney movies coming out, like Moana just came out Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, there's been others since Frozen, but because of its popularity and because there's this new and up and coming kid group that's never seen it, they're, they're fascinated with it still. It's one of those ones that it could take five years to die off. Who knows? Exactly. And, and for example, that's another interesting point, which is I saw Moana and I loved it. My daughter loved it. And I was like, oh my God, this could be a huge hit. And so we started making Moana content. And at the beginning, it wasn't getting a lot of traction. And I thought, huh, you know, is it that Moana, you know, I, I didn't think Moana would be frozen because I feel like frozen is like lightning in a bottle. Um, but I thought, oh, uh, why isn't this Moana stuff really getting attention? And lo and behold, give it time. And yeah. now Moana and Moana came out, what, around Christmas before yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Um, right before that. Okay, so now all of a sudden the Moana stuff is starting to take off. But mm-hmm. it's like, it's like you know, Pinterest, I think, teaches you patience. <laughs> yes, it does. It is definitely uh, like a slow burn. You just, yes. you're investing for the long haul and you're just going to ride that very slow train. Yeah. So, so in a weird way, again, you know, you have, I have a hypothesis. I think Moana parties will be really popular. Um, and then you test that hypothesis. And then with Pinterest, right, you have to stay a little patient to see, because I kept thinking, hmm, I think this should be taking off. And lo and behold, now it is. Yeah. What we find too is, um, it takes about, I don't know, the minimum of six to eight weeks up to three to six months for something really to take off. And I think that's why it's so important to revisit content from the year before, Mm -hmm. because something that you had just created right before Easter and you put out maybe three weeks before didn't get a chance to take off. But if you start getting it into the system this year, six to eight weeks before Easter, it might get picked up again in search, or it might get the attention of more of your followers and they're pin it. So I I think that's an, one thing I see that's tough with bloggers working with brands is that you have this brand requiring you to get this Easter pin up and it's two weeks before Easter and they have all these high expectations, but you're like, Pinterest doesn't work this way. It's just not going to take off like something on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram does. Absolutely. Uh, it, right. Exactly. Like post it on Instagram, boost it and boom, you know, it's like the half-life of a, of a, a post on Instagram is something like 
I don't know, what was it like 24 hours? It's not long. No. Um, But Pinterest is just a different beast. Another thing I'll do is let's say we have a really popular Easter pin that connects to a post on our site. I will not only repin that photo, but I will go into the post. And if there are other beautiful photos in that post that I haven't really pinned, I will start pinning those pins. That's a really good suggestion. And I think it taps into that whole um, idea of updating your images. Mm -hmm. And if you pin them again, I get that question quite a bit. Either people are really afraid to update their image that it's going to change their Google ranking, or it's it's going to change whatever, but they're afraid to do it. So they don't mess with it. But I think updating a pin, even moving that old existing image to the bottom of your post Mm -hmm. is a good strategy too, because now you have more reach with multiple images for one post as opposed to one. Yes. And I've been reading this thing that um, I don't remember, actually, I'd have to look what book it was, but it was like, why do all SUVs look alike? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's because we are trained to like a certain way that an SUV looks. And so another car manufacturer wants to make the SUV look like that because we already know this is what an SUV should look like. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's like we weirdly like what's familiar. Yeah. So if, in fact, I have a post and there are multiple photos, I want to be pinning those multiple photos. If they're, again, not if they're exactly alike, but -hmm. if they're kind of similar, because I want people to be scrolling through their feed, maybe see it, but they might not pin that one. But the next time they see it, it will seem familiar and they might be more inclined to pin the next one. Yeah, which I think gives a lot of validity to the whole branded template idea that we've seen do really well for some of our clients is when they get a consistent look to their images, Mm -hmm. they tend to get more um, like image recognition, repins and clicks over time because people start to just, they, you know, they recognize like the SUV idea. Oh, this goes with such and such. I like what such and such creates. So I'm going to click through and I also think it's a really easy way for a content creator to make an image template and have it be easy for them. Totally. Instead of reinventing the wheel every single time. Absolutely. So I I don't know. I think a lot about how we make all these decisions without even knowing why we make them. Mm -hmm. And with Pinterest, especially because isn't it like you have like, like four tenths of a second to like make an impression on Pinterest. Yeah. It's, it's shorter than billboard advertising. So I mean, it's it's like, less than three seconds. So you're making these decisions subconsciously without even knowing why, you know, and, and then usually we justify why later. So I want to tap into those things. Like I want there to be consistency. I want somebody to have potentially seen this before because it'll seem more familiar and it'll, it'll somehow they'll like it more. Um, and so that's, that's kind of the way that I think about it. Well, and not to go down too far of a rabbit trail, but I think with the new introduction of Pinterest search um, tools, which I'm going to talk about in the next podcast, but especially that one with the more button, it's kind of like see more pins like this. Mm -hmm. So I spent some time on my phone the other night testing out how that worked and what it, it did more with. And Mm -hmm. I 
chose some pins specifically that I knew were branded, that their their images always looked like that. And what was interesting is when I hit more, I got more of their content. Yes. Now, I am not saying that this is like rule of law. I'm just saying this was me testing. So what I would love everybody to do is to test and look to see what is the more feature pulling up for you? And do you see a consistent pattern with that branded image look or images that look consistent? Because I think that is an important piece in how Pinterest does their visual search and visual recognition. So that was kind of a rabbit trail. No, but, but that, makes, that makes perfect sense. And that's why if you have a blog post that is done really well, go, you know, a pin that's done really well, definitely repin that pin, but go mm-hmm. back to your photos and see if you have other photos that are similar and start pinning those photos as well. Agreed. Like, don't Such think, a good tip. I guess it's this idea, like we weirdly have this belief that people stalk us on social media. So if you mm-hmm. post something on Pinterest, you know, you post two pins that are similar on Pinterest, people are going to be like, oh, what's Jillian doing? Like, I've seen this already. And, totally. or, and then she's, what, she's posting it on Facebook? Oh my God, like I'm so bored. Yeah. And you have to assume that there are different audiences seeing your stuff all over the place. So yes. you just want to be out there. Mm-hmm. And very rarely, too, does an average Pinterest user come to a board and look through the board and see two of very similar pins or two of the same pins and go, oh, oh this oh, is spammy. I'm, not, I'm out of here. I'm not following her. Yes. It's exactly. Like people, again, it's putting yourself in the mindset of what somebody is searching for. Mm-hmm. Like somebody's not that, like this is the piece that I think is always so powerful and interesting, which is they don't care about yeah. you. I mean, I know that sounds so crass, but they care about what they're trying, what problem they're trying to solve. Exactly. They're searching for an answer and that's what they do on Pinterest. Yeah. So it's always about how can I help somebody else? And then hopefully, you know, it it gives me traffic or, or whatever, but it's really, how can I serve up an answer to somebody right when they need it? Mm hmm. Absolutely. I love that. Um, tip there for sure. Serving up an answer when people need it and making sure that it's there. So one of the things that we talked about just a little bit before we started recording that I think is important to note about seasonality on Pinterest is the analytics piece that if you are a seasonal blogger or like you, you guys have a lot of seasonal stuff, your page views from Google analytics, what it is from Pinterest can be peaks and valleys. Yes. And it's very frustrating as a user who sees the valley and goes, what's wrong? And I always try to tell people that see that first to evaluate seasonality. What is happening on Pinterest? And do you have seasonal content that maybe was doing well for Valentine's Day and now it's done? Yeah. So how do you navigate that for Catch My Party and not become anxious or overwhelmed when you see those valleys? Okay. Uh, The main answer is I've been at this for a while. So I have, it it is so weird when we look at our analytics. Okay. So our users, typically women, typically moms. Well, you would assume that like the peak of our traffic throughout the year comes right before Halloween. Oh, it doesn't come. It's weird. And then this is the strangest piece. Our traffic dies between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Oh, really? Isn't that weird? Wow. And But if you think about it this way, our users are moms, typically with younger children. 
True. So they're busy. Like they might be throwing parties, but they're not thinking about how to throw a party. They're just pulling it together at that point. Right. And they've got kids at home and they're, you know, so again, it's like what's going on in our users' lives. And every year, like the first time this happened, oh, I flipped out. I was like, we lost like, I want to say 40% of our traffic. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and of course, here we go. Here's my hypothesis. Our users are going to love our content during Thanksgiving and through Christmas. Mm-hmm. And guess what? They, they might love it, but they're busy. Yeah. And so that was like the really important lesson. And then the next year, guess what happened? Our traffic died at virtually the exact same time. And then it comes back and it's funny. You can watch this. Like the day after Christmas, we get a bounce Mm -hmm. and then we get a bounce on like January 2nd Oh yes, or January 3rd, like every single year. So what I try to do is I, I have to tell myself, I know this is coming and I'm going to have faith that it's going to come back. Mm -hmm. And only because again, I've now seen this pattern, I don't know, six, seven years, I do have faith and it does come back. Yeah. And I, I think that is so important. What you just said about the first year that you saw it, you completely flipped out because you're really scared, but because you've been at this, you see the patterns now. And when clients come to us and they'll ask us, my traffic has totally fallen off. Has there been an algorithm change? The very first thing I do is I compare the previous year And with almost 90% of the time, with the exception of maybe an account doing something funky, there's always the same seasonal shift the year before. And to some, it's it's like to the day almost. I mean, and it looks like a cliff at the same exact time. And that to you is an indication that your season is changing. Your user is no longer searching for what they're looking for. But like you said, it will come back. It's just going to be a different time. So in this time, it's not in your best effort to stress or to figure out how you can kind of jog traffic again. But I think what's important for you to note about that is what are you going to do to prepare for the next year or the next bump? How are you going to take this downtime, if you will, and go, I'm just going to let Pinterest do what it needs to do and the users do what they need to do. And then I'm going to be ready for them when they come back. Absolutely. Again, it's about putting yourself in the mind. So once I was able to go, because during, you know, the holidays, I'm busy. I'm a mom. So all of a sudden, when I was able to connect it to myself and go, oh, I get it. Like, my daughter is home from school. I'm having to, you know, we're going out. We're going to the movies. I'm coming up with craft activities. I'm not sitting at my computer doing work. And I bet you lots of moms are in, I'm not saying they're you know, internet entrepreneurs, but that they're in the same situation I'm in, I get it. So it's like something about having that and and being able to like, I relate to this, um, helped me through my own freak out and uh, fear. You know, my husband and I had quit our jobs, things were going really well. And then our, our traffic dropped off by 40%. Yeah, that's really scary. And I was like, oh my God. And then I thought, well, it's the holidays. Like I'm going to, kind of t- step back a little bit and see what happens and have faith and mm-hmm. think about next year and how I can, you know, a- and see what, I- and then it came back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you look for like, what I would say is big drops tend to be things like seasonal changes. Mm-hmm. I would say slow drops 
or slow increases tend to be things like for for us Minecraft.、Oh. Minecraft was so huge, and all of us and we rode that, and it was great. And you could feel it as a trend, and you could see it in, in increasing our traffic, and then you could see it kind of slowly coming back.、Hmm. And it took like I don't know a year or two. Like it was definite because if you went to our Google Analytics, some of our biggest successes were our Minecraft posts. Wow. Okay. And so you can like see where things will take off. And then you have to be going with what is coming up, and what can I, what can I、um, focus on? Like me saying, okay, Moana, let's try and focus there, see what happens.、Mm-hmm. To find this, it, it, it's a little bit like somebody explained. Somebody said this to me. She's a food blogger, really big food blogger, and she's like, you know, I kind of got lucky. I didn't、mm-hmm. know. She started it a while ago. She goes, I didn't know that that people would be so interested in food. Mm-hmm. But I'm riding this trend, and I don't know how long it's going to last. It's been, you know, years now where people love food, like on Pinterest and Instagram and places like on Facebook.、Mm-hmm. But she's like, I kind of there was a wave, and like I kind of got on the wave, and I'm riding it.、Mm. Yes, I'm not、I'm- creating it. I'm part of it, but I'm riding it. So you're always wanting to weirdly find these like riptides or these waves and ride them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you catch that viral pin or something like that, just ride that wave and optimize it as best you can. Yep, and, and then look for the next one. Look for the next one, exactly. And some、yeah. of them will pay off, like Frozen,、mm-hmm. Minecraft, those kinds of things. And some of them you're hoping will pay off. Some of them will be like singles and doubles, and some of them will be home runs, and some of them、mm-hmm. will just flame out. <laughs> yeah, the ones that you think are going to do so awesome just die. Die. Mm-hmm. Again, it's very humbling. Yeah, yes, it is for sure. <laughs>、um, so, what are some last tips that you would give the new marketer? Let's say the new blogger. We'll we'll use that as an example. Okay, they're a new lifestyle blogger. Maybe they do they do some seasonal stuff. They're just getting started out. What advice would you give them looking forward over the next year and how they can tap into the seasonal efforts? But yet, not go crazy. Okay, well, that that I think is the piece that I would I would focus on the most, which is to not go crazy. You know, I, I'm a big believer in baby steps. The baby steps ultimately lead to big steps. Like that, you look if you do a baby step every day and you look back over a month or six months, you've gone pretty far.、Mm-hmm. So I would start to think about what are the biggest trends in my business. So, like, let's say, so I'm sorry, what it was like a fashion blogger or a lifestyle blogger. Lifestyle.、Mm-hmm. Okay, so I would be saying, okay, spring's coming up, and then there's going to be summer, and with summer, maybe there's some July Fourth stuff going on, some patriotic stuff, and and then we're going to hit like back to school. And I would just kind of focus on, okay, these are some things that I know people are going to be going through. So how can I serve up some content that relates to that?、Mm. Yeah, and so I might, in terms of my editorial calendar, go. What kind of blog post or video can I make that taps into spring, taps into summer, so that I don't have to one. It, it helps me because I don't have to reinvent the wheel.、Mm-hmm. I can just go. You know, sp- when I think about summer, I think about these things like what kinds of things would I want to know. And、um, it, you know, it's like.、Uh, 
you know, how to clean out your wardrobe or how to update your house and do this one DIY that will make, you know, do this beautiful summer wreath or something and just say like, oh, okay. But I wouldn't, again, it's like so hard because we listen to experts and I do too. And I feel inadequate. Mm-hmm. Of oh my god! Again, everybody's got spreadsheets, and I only have six. I only have two spreadsheets, and I don't even check them that often. Right. And so it's like it's easy to feel behind. Mm-hmm. It's easy to feel like you're not doing enough. Always and and, Isn't that and like exactly the of a blogger. It is, and and I want you to know, like, so we have a you know catch my party. We're like the biggest party idea site on the web. Right. Mm-hmm. Yet. So, so somebody on the outside looks at us and goes, wow, you guys are big. And I have to tell you on the inside, I go, oh my God, well, we could be bigger. Yes. You feel small, small. Mm-hmm. So it's again. And, and so there I say, it's about being kind to myself to say, Hey, good job. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Your spreadsheets, are, you know, don't look beautiful and you've kind of slapped this thing together and it's all kind of messy behind. We were just talking about how it's all messy behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And but but there's something very um, honest, authentic and alive about that. Yes. And you'll find your groove in, you know, you'll find your groove, even you'll if find sometimes groove. groove is messy. Groove is messy. And, and, and again, like look for five grooves and one of them will pay off, you know? Yeah. And, and it's like being flexible and, and flowy and, and also, you know, stepping back and hugging your family and going, this is, this is just blogging. This is exactly, this is just blogging. Like we're not solving world problems. No, no. Take a deep breath. We'll get through this. Exactly. And, and then it's about what else, you know, what can I do? How can I be creative? The thing that I love about this, I don't know if you know this, but previously in my previous life, I was a writer in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did read okay. that. Okay. So I wrote movies. I wrote TV. And you would think, oh my God, that is so creative. Like that must've been like the most awesome job. But I will tell you that my job today is so much more creative. Mm-hmm. Because I, I'm flying by the seat of my pants. <laughs> yes. You know, we created Milo Tree, which is our, our app, you know, that you talked about in the beginning that grows your social media following and, and your um, email. Uh, and again, it's like, well, we designed something for ourselves to grow our Pinterest following. That's how it all started. Mm-hmm. And it worked. So then we're like, oh, what, what else could we do with this for us? And then we're like, wow, we can use this to grow our Instagram following. Wow. Okay, what else? Uh, we could we could also use it to grow Facebook. And, and then it just kind of evolved from there. Then we're like, other people could use this. Right. And so so it's so weirdly creative if you're if you're willing to see it through that prism. Yes. Good it, words. It, it can also be very demoralizing and you can feel really bad about yourself. Mm-hmm. If you if you choose to see it through that prism. It, exactly. If you choose to let it for sure. Um, so where can people go to see examples of how you're pinning seasonally and what you're focused on with catch my party? Perfect. Okay. So our, uh, Pinterest boards, our Pinterest account is catch my party. Um, it's really easy. So go take a look at what we're doing. And again, you'll see, we have a ton of boards as we've talked about, I think in our last podcast, Mm -hmm. um, and people have really, have have actually reached out to me and gone, do you really have that many boards? (laughs) I know. Isn't that funny? Well, and now you can't actually see how many boards you have. So it's actually kind of nice because they're not, there's not this number at the top. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Just keep scrolling. 
Um, yeah. they're, they're more boards. Uh, so you can, and you can reach out to me on, again, we're everywhere. So Facebook, you know, catch my party, Twitter, catch my party, that kind of thing. And also then if you want to try, if you're a blogger and you want to try our tool, uh, go to milotree.com. Um, and it is, our company is just named after our favorite tree in Hawaii and it'll help you grow your social following. And we have a free version of it that you use. Yeah, it's great. I highly recommend it. It's a good tool. If you're trying to figure out how to get more followers on Pinterest, for me, it's been a great, great tool for sure. Oh, and, and just so you know, we're going to be rolling out YouTube. So we, we've been rolling out email and now we're going to be rolling out YouTube. Oh, fun. I know a lot of people and especially my clients who are have YouTube channels. So I love that optimizing for that for sure. Well, Jillian, thank you so much for coming on again. I love it. And um, just sharing all that you know about seasonality, because I think it's a really important topic for bloggers and marketers to be aware of. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. Because I'm all about action items, and I love to give people things to do. How about this week you think about what seasonal content you have that works right now? And if you're not a seasonal content blogger, how can you create content that does fit into the seasons that's very subtle? For example, I have how to clean up Pinterest boards, and I actually launched it last year during spring, and it did really, really well. So I would encourage you to think about how can you add that spin to content that is maybe evergreen, that isn't based on seasons. My other encouragement to you is If you are a seasonal blogger, to really look at your analytics in big batches of time. Look at what happened the previous year. What trends of traffic can you spot? And I think this will help eliminate the frustration or the angst when you see your page views go down. If you want more information, show notes, links to the Milo Tree app, or links to Catch My Party, go to simplepinmedia.com slash 42. As always, thank you so much for listening.